Hello, and welcome back to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and to stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. It's the time of year when we go over the list of things we need to do to prepare for the fall and winter. Take warmer clothes out of storage, get our cars serviced, prepare our lawns and gardens for the upcoming harsh weather, and get vaccinated against flu, COVID, and now RSV. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Fiona Prabhu. Dr. Prabhu is a professor in the School of Medicine, Director of Community Engagement in the Department of Family Medicine, and Medical Director for the Free Clinic. She tells us what vaccines are available for us and how they work to protect us and others, and what else we can do to prepare for the rest of the fall and winter so we can stay healthy and enjoy our time with our friends and family. Dr. Prabhu, welcome back to our podcast. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and what you do here at the Health Sciences Center? Yes, I am a professor in the Department of Family Medicine, and I used to be in charge of the history-taking physical exam course, but I kind of backed away from that and refocused my attention. So I am a regular faculty member. I teach medical students and residents in a clinical setting, and I am the co-medical director of the free clinic at Lubbock Impact. Well, again, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. So our topic is vaccines and fall illnesses. Can you tell us what vaccines are available this fall and how do they work? Okay. So all vaccines work by helping stimulate your immune system to make antibodies so that if you get exposed to the real virus or bacteria, then your immune system is primed and ready to go on attack immediately. So it takes a couple of weeks for your immune system to develop the antibodies that it needs, and then it goes into the storage system. And those are our lymph nodes where they store it in. And what we hope with these vaccines are not the complete live virus. They are called attenuated, so they're not there to stimulate a full-blown infection for you. What they do is a partial stimulation of the immune system. So some people may get aches and pains mild fever, but not anything approaching the real infection that they would have gotten. Our hope is when we give you the vaccines and your immune system starts to build that defense against infection, that when you get exposed to the real illness, that you will not have as severe a reaction. And that's important because we have a lot of people who are chronically ill. They have heart disease that's chronic, lung disease that's chronic, immune deficiencies or medications that suppress their immune system. And if they get sick with those viruses or bacteria, they'll get a much more severe infection. They'll probably end up in the hospital. Oftentimes, they'll end up in the intensive care unit because it stresses their heart and lungs out to the point where they have to fight harder in order to get over that infection. The vaccines available for this fall, typically we have influenza. It is created based on what happens in Australia, the other part of the world, because Australia's winter precedes ours. So they develop the vaccine to mimic what they think will happen in our part of the world once the winter and the flu virus migrates. It needs cool, dry air in order to facilitate transmission when it's influenza. And so as the 
winter migrates across the planet, for the most part, influenza, that strain stays okay. It gradually will adapt a little bit, so we don't always have 100% cross-reaction to any of the flu vaccines, but we try to do the best that we can. And for the most part, we guess right. Every few years, it changes enough that we're not completely protected. But I've been getting my flu vaccine since I was a third-year medical student many eons ago in 1993. And so I know that I've got partial immunity to pretty much a lot of the different varieties of influenza strains that come across. So that I think that's somewhat protective. And what other vaccines are available? We also have the updated COVID vaccine. I know that can potentially cause a lot of controversy talking about it, but there's an Epsilon variation that has come out as been the more prevalent one across, especially in Europe, that can proceeded before coming to the U.S. And thank God it no longer kills you immediately. It can come up as a severe cold. And before the pandemic hit, COVID, vac- COVID viruses caused colds. And so it's coming back to that, hopefully coming back down to where it is just a severe cold. It takes you out of work for a few days. We also have pneumonia vaccination. It keeps changing every few years as to what the grouping of strains for that particular pneumococcus pneumonia are. And so right now we have Prevnar 20. So that's 20 different strains of pneumococcal pneumonia, the most common ones. And the reason we started doing that, and we recommend that for everyone over the age of 65, and then anyone under age 65 who's got chronic diseases that are affecting their heart, their lungs, or immune system. And that helps reduce the severity of infection if you get exposed to pneumococcal pneumonia. Pneumonia used to be the number one killer of people in general. What about RSV? RSV is one of the newer ones that are out. RSV tends to be seasonal in how many cases that we see. Oftentimes we see small children who are hospitalized because of the RSV infection because their airways are much smaller. So the inflammation that the RSV creates in their airways are what creates their respiratory discomfort, distress, and can lead to a lack of oxygen, which we call hypoxia. So then they end up in the hospital getting oxygen support and trying to use medications that reduce inflammation of their airways. And that can be where they are several days in the hospital until they can get enough oxygen on their own. And we do have a lot of older people who are around small children, and they also have chronic diseases and severity. So now we have a new vaccine that helps protect older people as well as pregnant women whose children are not have a good enough immune system to be able to protect themselves. And it reduces, again, the severity of the RSV virus infection on your lungs and heart. So since you mentioned it, is it okay for pregnant to get these vaccines? Yes. Since it's brand new this year, they're recommending it only between 32 to 36 weeks of pregnancy. And only if your child is going to be born during the RSV season, which we typically see hit here in this area anywhere from February to April. And what about the other vaccines? Is it okay for them to get it too? Yes. We recommend that pregnant women get the influenza vaccine year-round, regardless of when they are delivering or when they get pregnant. So throughout their pregnancy, it's safe to get. We don't typically give the pneumococcal vaccine to pregnant women just because they're not usually in that age group. So if someone plans to travel abroad for the upcoming holidays, how can they prepare so that they don't get sick while they're traveling? So 
I would say that, you know, there's lots of, I just got back from a trip to visit my parents in Canada, and there's lots of people coughing in the airports and coughing on the airplanes. And if you do want to protect yourself, I think it's a wise idea to wear a mask, like we used to for the pandemic more frequently, but masks are still easily available in the grocery stores and the pharmacies, and you can wear one just so you reduce the the risk of people coughing in your face or coughing around you where you can't necessarily control it. Because the reason they recommended masking in the first place is that respiratory droplets have at least a a minimum six feet spread, if not more. When you cough, it's got a huge amount of force behind the cough, and those respiratory droplets can be that far away, and you still get infections from other people. Good hand washing always. If you're in an airplane flight, you can't really get up that frequently and go use the restroom to wash your hands all the time. So hand sanitizer is a good idea. And getting your vaccines for flu is also important. What else can we do to keep ourselves and those we care for safe this fall and winter? Well, I think being aware of the timing of when big infections are hitting, like the CDC has all these clinics around the country report when they start seeing the flu. And there's actually a map that you can follow and pay attention to the news when they say the flu is coming towards this area. The f- nine weeks are the most heavy intensity of the flu season. And so making sure that you have your vaccine so you can stay out of the doctor's office as much as possible, hand washing. If you're feeling sick, then wear a mask so you protect others because you don't know who they're around. They may be taking care of people who are immunocompromised, small children. You want to try and protect others along with yourself from getting infections that prevent you from being able to do your job or do the things you actually like to do. I know for the fall, it's not all just respiratory viruses, but there are other things like norovirus, dry skin, Mm -hmm. coughs. What do you recommend that we do that we don't feel so bad when we suffer from these? (laughs) (laughs) Well, norovirus, it has a lot of diarrhea associated with it. So it's kind of hard when you do get it. It's making sure you try to stay hydrated as much as possible and, you know, try to not get other people sick. It's harder to, like, if you're sick, try and let other people know. Try and make, take advantage of the fact that you have sick days. If you don't have sick days, ask for your, like, try and get into urgent cares to be seen so that you can get a note from the doctor and say, look, I really am sick. I don't want to get other people sick at work. When it comes to dry skin, it's a big problem in this area, too. Emollients are good. So lotions like Lubriderm, Amlactin, those are ones that help protect some of the moisture in your skin. You can also do things like, baby oil right after you shower to help seal in the moisture in your skin. And sometimes if it's bad enough, you say see your regular doctor or a dermatologist and they may recommend anti-inflammatory creams. What about a, a common cold? A common cold, hydration. Basically, sometimes, you know, it's plus minus some scientific standpoint whether cough remedies work, but whatever helps is a good thing to try. We do have zinc lozenges that are over-the-counter. Honey has actually been shown to help reduce sore throats and cough. A teaspoon, not tablespoons, or huge amounts. But that's actually been a home remedy that's been shown to be helpful. Now, people around my age, and I'm not going to be honest about my age here, but we're starting to see a lot of falls, people my age and older. Yeah. What do we do about that? I mean, I know things can get pretty serious after a fall. Yes. So what you want to do is if you're noticing that you're having some unsteadiness, if you're having dizziness, don't blow it off. Go to the doctor. Go be evaluated. 
get referrals if needed to physical therapy. Physical therapy can do a lot of good. They can do a good evaluation. They can recommend types of exercises that help strengthen certain muscle groups, help your stability. The doctors will also do lab work to see if there's any other reasons why. Sometimes you have, you know, vitamin B12, vitamin D deficiencies. Sometimes it's your diabetes that's creating numbness and tingling. And you want to get a bone density scan to look for osteoporosis and get that treated. And you want to be safe if it's icy outside. And you need to make sure you have the proper fitted shoes, that you have ways to protect yourself from falling. You can get cleats that you can attach to your shoes to help when you're walking in the ice if you have no um, choice and you have to get out there and drive. So those are some basic protective things. But I think regular activity, not being sedentary, helps just getting up and walking. And if you're noticing there's problems, make that appointment, ask to be evaluated because you're worried that you're going to fall. And we can help do a lot of things that will help ultimately reduce your risk for falling. Well, thanks for coming on our podcast, and we hope to have you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tierra Castillo, Susanna Cisneros, Mark Hendricks, Kay Williams, Tyler White, and me, Melissa Whitfield. <laughs>